1893 was the year that the world was to be introduced to an electrified future. This was the year that, for the first time, a world's fair would be completely illuminated by electric lamps. This was made possible by the technology and brilliance of a man under the employ of American engineer and entrepreneur George Westinghouse, a man who possessed a unique talent for perceiving the limitless possibilities provided by electrical engineering and then manifesting those ideas into reality. His inventions were often so far ahead of their time that their innovation and practical application would not be recognized for decades. His vision for a world of free energy has been the inspiration for the generations of scientists who followed him. Was he a man from out of time? Did he perhaps have help from an interplanetary source? This case file joined the theorists as they rock down to Electric Avenue and get you high and watch the sparks fly, discussing Nikola Tesla. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 197, Tesla and Aliens. I'm Sick Braden. I'm COVID Zell. I'm Healthy Dan. And I'm Healthier Andrew. You motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know or haven't heard, uh, Zell and I uh, attended uh, what can only be described now as... <laughs> the worst wedding uh, ever. Yeah, <laughs> everyone at this outdoor wedding uh, got mucho sick. Everyone caught COVID. Man, honestly, it feels like day three, but it's like day five of being sick with COVID. And uh, we're not drinking this episode, Zell and I, but it's going to be crazier than ever because we both have high fevers. So it's no, the, I, am, uh, I am still drinking. <laughs> are you? Yeah. How? how what? Are you even, dude, how are you even fucking pulling that off? He's got an IV line just hanging behind with oh, fucking dude, vodka. I, in it. I'm, wor- I'm worried about blood clots, so I'm thinning my blood just a little bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> <fair>. <laughs> is sense. blood clots a thing? It could yep. be. No, it definitely oh, for is. For fuck's yeah, sake, man. It fucking could be. Well, so, I feel like I've got every symptom. Now I got to worry about this. Wait till you get the COVID toes. I, I've been staring at what my are, toes every morning looking at what them. What are COVID toes? <laughs> you don't. You never heard of COVID toes? Well, you'll find <laughs> they can, out. They can, <laughs> your toes <laughs> get discolored, or they can get discolored. They, they go like white oh, or something, don't they? Well, it's just, you get a lot of, there's circulation side effects. It's an inflammatory response. It's not good. It's not good. So I drink, I'm just drinking just a little tiny bit just in case, thin the blood. Why not? So, yeah, you know, it's, so it's, it's, it's been a wild ride. Like it's such a weird, um, and this is a huge opportunity for me and Zell to get hired on by the leftist media to promote uh, keep promoting the COVID hoax. So it's just, if you guys could go with it, uh, it's been, it's, it's, this is a huge opportunity for me and Zell to be sick for the next two weeks <laughs> in order to let everyone know uh, how shitty it is. Uh, it's such a weird dude. It's really the weirdest sickness I've ever had because it, it changes like hourly almost. And you're, you're just like, what that like today? I was, I was feeling great, man. It's because it was day. made in a lab. That's why. It's probably, I was feeling good. Was and then it was just like, boom. 
back to sinus pressure. I'm like, okay, I have a sinus infection again. Like, sweet. Then it's like, it just clears up like an hour later. I'm like, man, awesome. I'm good. Then I'm just like, oh, I'm so nauseous. Just went through up. I was like, what is going on in my inside my body here? And it's yeah. just wild. And Braden, now I'm just Braden like, definitely got it worse than me by far. But I had the worst outcome as the fact that now I live in the studio. I shit in the garage and I shower in the backyard with the hose. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. I love that. Hardcore Uh, quarantine. Shits in the bucket or it gets the hose. Do it. Hey, quarantining right. (laughs) And people have asked, uh, people that do know, a lot of people have asked, both me and Zell are vaccinated. We have our first doses. And (laughs) this, this, this blows my mind. A lot of people are like, well, I thought you couldn't get it. No, that it was never a thing with getting vaccinated. Nope. Uh, you can 100% and will 100% still get it. It just minimizes your chance of having symptoms that will send you to the hospital or morgue. <laughs> um, and honestly, I'm so happy I got vaccinated because I feel like with what I've had, I'd be dead if I was full blown. Yeah, you you had like a moderate moderate time without it. Maybe uh, Maybe you get a little oxygen in your nose there. Yeah. Oh, dude! If I didn't have my nose job, oh, you'd be struggling oh, man. so I'd hard be struggling right, right now. now. I mean, there's an easy explanation, Zell. You're the man of steel. COVID's not going to get you down. Yeah, it's fine. That's why I'm still drinking. You're fine. Yeah, it's, it's good. Fine. I'm sweating profusely in my leather chair, but you're sweating you, it out. You can't see it. I'm, yeah, I'm just getting rid of it, expelling the disease. Anyways, if, we'll, if sweating uh, it out cured you, I would have been cured day one. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> are you kidding well, me? Are you kidding me? We'll talk. We'll talk more about uh, the ridiculous symptoms we've had in after hours. In after hours, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll we'll go through the tale of getting it and what it's been yeah, like we'll, in after hours. We'll, yeah, we'll tell tell the whole story. Tonight we're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Nikola Tesla, and aliens. Apparently, <laughs> some, <laughs> some wires were crossed. Some wires were crossed. Some headings may have been made on on notepads that we didn't discuss, and it ended up as the title of the episode. Again, hey, again, there is gonna we're gonna talk aliens today. Of course, that is for both. I mean, it was gonna happen anyways. Now it's like now there's just no ambiguity as to whether we're gonna discuss aliens or not. You know it's coming. Yeah, Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take y'all on a ride, but it's gonna end up at aliens. No, we're gonna we're gonna take you on a fever dream, (laughs) (laughs) an electric fever dream. Featuring your conductor, Nikola Tesla, who was born in modern day Croatia in 1856. Um, If you don't know who Tesla is, I mean, like, we're not talking about the cars. We're not talking about the company run by Elon Musk and whose child is probably half alien. Yes. Probably. Good chance. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce the name. (laughs) I don't know either. X. It's not pronounceable. Ada 16 something. Yeah, only right aliens idea. can say it. I don't yeah, even I mean, think he knows because I watched an interview once when the interviewer like said it phonetically how it's meant to be said. And he was like, he was like, how's blah, blah, blah. and then Elon like was like, what? And he goes, how's it? And he's like, what? He goes, your son. He goes, oh, my son. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then I didn't even know I have his. Oh, I have a son. Right. Yeah. yeah. But does he have a few kids? Like he's got kids from a different He does. Too, he does. He? Yeah. Um. No, but we're talking about the, uh, I don't know what you want to call him, like a, the, uh, the visionary, the inventor. Like, they the, call him like the father of like the modern age. 
pretty Perhaps, much. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could call him the father of electric, the electric age. A man uh, ahead of his him, time, for sure. Nikola yeah. Tesla Stormborn. Oh. <laughs> no one, no one calls huh? him that. I suppose. Yeah, they do. Well, he's born between fucking January or July 9th and 10th, right at midnight during a lightning storm. That's not, there's not an in-between time between yeah. dates. He's, at, he's not what, born he's between, he, he's, if it's midnight, it's the 10th. He started crowning tenth. on the 9th, and by the time he was fully out of the womb. <laughs> Dude, you're the medical <laughs> professional, and you're talking about limbo between days here? He was yeah. born in the purgatory yeah. between two Exactly. Days. It's exactly what I'm saying. It's what I read from a fucking book, asshole. This is great. This is great. It, it adds a little mystique to it. Sorry. You hear it. Mr. <laughs> fucking adding aliens when we talk about them for about four seconds during this case file. <laughs> All right? So wipe the sweat out of your eyes, you prick. <laughs> hey, they're stinging. <laughs> so there is perhaps uh, with Nikola Tesla, he was a strange child or perhaps uh he was very marked as special from an early age uh he demonstrated kind of qualities of obsessiveness uh that people found during that time uh they found it amusing like he could they you know it was almost like parlor tricks of uh, of some sort where he could memorize entire books or he could you know uh kind of tuck away entire logarithmic tables in his mind and just recite them, Crazy. Off, you know, offhand. Uh, I mean, with the, the good came the bad as well, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, it's also that. But, you know, another one of the good things, apparently, was that he was able to pick up very a, a lot of languages easily. He was a like a polyglot of some sort. Uh, he could uh, work... Apparently, you know, when he was a child, like, he would invent things or he would, you know, uh, when he would task himself with something or building something apparently he would not sleep like he could function with very little sleep that was that's yeah. one of the things that's two hours upon about two him. three hours yeah. a night. just like cosmo kramer <laughs> but it, yeah. it's super interesting how he like described himself throughout grade school did you guys read that like word for word what he said he said i had a violent aversion to the earrings of women the sight of a pearl would nearly give me a fit. Right. I would not touch the hair of another person except perhaps at the point of a revolver. I'd get a fever from just looking at a peach. A peach? Ooh, a peach. Like, right? Like <laughs> a stupid fuzzy fruits. Or the makings of a an evil genius. Why right? evil? Because his, his weakness, a peach, right? Maybe. Right. There it is. Or hair. But, it's or a pearl. To, when <laughs> we good. when we hear those things now, like right way to way, I think I'm like, man, that's some high high functioning autism. More right? along like, the lines of Asperger's, but yeah, definitely. Maybe. So at the age of 19, he actually began studying electrical engineering in you know it, like in seriousness. Like he kind of had an interest in it before, and it was always kind of. You know, he came from actually a religious family. His father was, I think, was actually a priest. Um, and that's up. So he'd always had this kind of connection to like a spiritual side. But he also was very deeply interested in like the physical sciences. Uh, when he went to go study at the Polytechnic Institute at Graz in Austria, uh, he quickly established himself as a star student. Like the, the professors remarked on his abilities to he almost had this uncanny, innate understanding of electricity and how it functioned. As he was born during a lightning storm. As he was born during a lightning storm. Between days. (laughs) Between days. 
in purgatory of the 9th and the 10th of July. And so during the years of his higher education, uh, it's said that he spent just those entire years thinking or conceiving of the idea of electromagnetic fields and a hypothetical motor that could be powered by alternate alternate current and that could work and it could prop you know possibly hadn't been invented like it hadn't been invented yet or it hadn't been put into production yet but he had a good idea of what he wanted to do and these thoughts were an obsession to him and uh, you could probably say maybe some of this contributed to some of the things that happened uh, in his life leading up to the point where rather than finishing his studies, he became a gambling addict. Uh, apparently he lost all his tuition money on this in this gambling addiction. And then he ended up dropping out of school and then he actually suffered a nervous breakdown at that point. Well, I mean, yeah, I could see that though. The way he could see the inventions in his mind he like he took that through his whole life. Everything he ever like developed, he would develop and rework it and perfect it in his mind before he would even take it to the shop. He said, I'm pretty sure he like quoted as saying, like, there's no difference between making it in my mind or making it in the shop. The results are the same. <laughs> like he would just see it. He would see the motor, he would build it in his mind, he'd take it apart, he'd fix it, and then when it came time to implement it, he would just build it. And you're like, it's right. And one of the first boggling. examples he were he talks about that as in 1881 when he was living in Budapest or Budapest, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And then uh, when he was actually recovering from that nervous breakdown, he said he was actually walking uh, in a park with a friend who was reciting poetry to him. Cause I guess that's what you, that, I mean, that's what you did in the 1800s, late 1800s. I, I don't yeah, know. I know TV. Do. Yeah. do I have a Walkman or anything? That's what means I'll do when we walk City Park in Kelowna. Yeah. I go, Zell, read me some of your new poems. Yeah, we go back and forth with a couple of poems. It's yeah. soothing. Uh, haikus. Soliloquies. Soliloquies, yeah. And oh. he said, like, he, he remarks and talks about, like, at that very moment, he had this kind of flash where he could see, he could, you know, physically, almost physically see this, this construction, uh, a diagram in front of him uh, that he was actually able to, like, take a stick and draw it out uh, of the motor uh, using the principle of rotating magnetic fields. And then he could like, he could draw it out. Like it, it just came to him like a lightning bolt, like just, and then he had it, you know? So this is one example of that thing of what, uh, what Zell earlier mentioned. He had this um, ability or whatever you want to call it to kind of conceive these things and build them in his mind and then uh, take them apart and figure out what pieces go where and what, how it would work and how are these things. And, you know, not many people displayed that kind of, or were able to articulate those thoughts at that time. He was very unique in that quality. I can't even do anything above my five times tables in my head. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? I got to write that shit down. Yeah. I need my fingers. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. With the nine times tables, you can use your fingers and that's about as far as I can go without a calc. So his dreams of working with electricity and, and building these motors naturally where he wanted to go is a place that was very on the forefront of innovation. So he wanted to go to the United States. So three years after he, he, you know, he drew this diagram in the, in the dirt of a, of an alternate current motor, uh, he left for New York city and he arrived there. You know, this is how the story goes with four cents in his pockets and a letter of recommendation from Charles Batchelor, who was one of his former employers. And it, it was referring him to 
the Wizard of Menlo Park, Thomas Edison. Yeah, well, it was pretty cool. He, he wrote, he's like, I know of two great men. You are one of them. The other is this young man. Yeah, and he got he got that recommendation because he was working, wasn't he working for the Paris, like the, the Edison the Edison company, but the Europe version. And he started in like, started as a grunt and pretty much was traveling around Europe just fixing all their machines. And then they're like, you know what? This guy is well above his pay grade and they should give him the opportunity to go to New York. And then the rest is history. So when he began working with Edison, like Edison quickly realized that this guy is, yeah, he's a cut above the rest. He's definitely something, somebody that I would like to, um, some people would say that Edison, not necessarily, he didn't perhaps have the engineering talent, perhaps compared to Edison, uh, Tesla, like between them, like if you compared their qualities, but Edison was also like a good, he could recognize talent. Like he didn't was good quite, at doing that as well. He was a master didn't quite have the, And he didn't quite have the same love of animals that fucking <laughs> Tesla had either. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, and so the, elephants, so, so there's a <laughs> story pets. that that was it, that, that elephant broke loose and killed a bunch of people. So <laughs> it was, it was yeah, going down anyway, is what you're saying. Supercharged. We'll, we'll get to that. So according to Tesla, how he tells the story is that Edison actually offered him $50,000 that, you know, at that time, <laughs> if he could improve upon the direct current, uh, generation plants that Edison had favored and that he was, you know, planning on building and, and creating a kind of an electrical, you know, electrical infrastructure out of. And then uh, Tesla said that just in a few months, he was able to uh, inform Edison that he had improved on these motors that, that Te Edison was using. Can you give me, can I get, I could really use some of that money. He's like, <laughs> you don't even understand American humor. There's no money. I wasn't going to pay you. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an American joke. You're it's, foreign. You don't understand. I just shafted him. <laughs> it's funny. It makes you, it really makes you wonder, like at that time, especially, you know, how many of these foreign inventors that immigrated to the States that got taken advantage of in situations like this? $50,000 back then is equivalent of $1.2 million. Like that was, that's life changing money. So, you know, he was probably just, doing his best work and then to just be like, ha, gotcha. it was a joke. Yeah. And then gotcha. it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Yeah. yeah. Thanks no for the free labor. 1800 for a foreign Fuck. worker. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of history between the, uh, you know, the competition and the, the ri rivalry between Tesla and Edison, but they did, you know, well, the no. result is they ended up having a falling out. I don't understand why. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds like Edison was a pretty funny guy. And Tesla just was a stick in the mud. That's what it sounds like to me. Tesla had all these ideas for a new type of power, like to take AC AC power and use it as power transmission, and Edison wasn't having it, and that was pretty much it. Peace. So Tesla went on to make his own business, and he wanted to make his own way away from, you know, the a, pretty much any way from Edison, you know, to become a competitor and become someone who is moving on on his own ideas. So Tesla went out and got patents for his AC motors and the power systems that would accompany them. And these were, you know, some scientists and engineers would say that these are some of the most valuable inventions since the telephone. Like, again, this is why we would call him the father of the electric age, why most of our power grids run on alternate current, like, you know, things like that. Well, yeah, he's like a lot. A lot of people are misinformed that he invented AC power. He just invented how to transmit it long distance, and like he, 
everything we use in our systems power grid is based off Tesla's work, which is insane. And it's also, you can't really like, and, and we can't really write off Edison either. Um, you know, there was a comparison that I came across while researching this, where it was like, you can, you can call Tesla the father of the electric age while Edison is the father of the electronic age, because most of your devices in your house run on direct current. You have some sort of converter within them that, you know, that, that take the alternate current from your power grid, your local power grid, and then turn it into direct current for your the function of your your electronics. So, you know, it's a, you wouldn't have one without the other kind of. Anything that has any type of circuit board runs on DC. So in the end, both their, like both of them are very valuable. It just took a while. It took a while for people to figure that out. Well, one of them was willing to do it for free. Yeah, wanted to give free. Just better humanity, and one was a and the other savvy one was taking advantage man. of in- immigrants. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's so like as the story kind of goes, murdering like, animals. I when you have like this war of the currents, it was kind of like you had Edison, but you also had George Westinghouse, uh, who's a contributor, and, and recognized that Tesla's designs might be what he actually needed um, to to kind of unseat Edison's DC current. Um, he licensed Tesla's patents for about $60,000 in stocks and cash and royalties based on how much electricity Westinghouse would sell. Now, Westinghouse ended up like putting out the money and he beat Edison and, and his direct current ideas and things like this. So he pretty much got all the contracts to provide electricity to most of the United States and Europe. The thing was, after he had won this war of the currents, he had lost a lot of money uh, during the litigation phases and, and in the actual competition. And so like he, he was perhaps teetering on the, the edge of perhaps bankruptcy or, you know, serious financial, uh, doubt at that point. And then as the story goes, like he told Tesla that the, like in order to avoid paying Tesla, like he couldn't afford to pay Tesla for what he had like, like his patents and things like this, because if he would have had to pay Tesla, like Tesla would have had millions and millions of dollars. He would have had to pay him uh, for all of this, the successful stuff. But because Westinghouse was the person who took a chance on Tesla, Tesla felt obligated, morally obligated to Westinghouse. And it said that he tore up the contracts yeah. and licenses. Originally and, the story goes that, uh, Westinghouse asked him to just take a lower percentage. And then Tesla's like, you know what? You help me out. I'll just tear it up and I won't take anything. And he's like, oh, it, oh, interesting. An unfathomable amount of money torn up. He would have yeah. been, he would have been one of, if not like the richest person in the United States, if not the world, he would have been one of the <laughs> wealthiest people in the world. If you think about it, if his that. patent was worth like any power grid that they set up with this new AC current technology that they were using, he's entitled to a percentage of that. And now that's used worldwide. Like his, like it was insane how much money he was entitled to that. He's like, eh, betterment of humanity. I don't Just need that. Away from- I'm going to walk away from that. It'll be fine. Yeah. It would have been worth, you know, he, owe, I mean, he had already owed Tesla millions in royalties and then he was going to owe him like billions of dollars in the future. Like mm-hmm. it, so he, you know, we asked him if he wanted to take a lower percentage and Tesla was like, nope, I don't need that. You know what? Just tear it up. That's bananas. It's crazy. So, I mean, from just this story, Tesla is a genius, but his business acumen never quite up to snuff. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not about the Benjamins, man. (laughs) 
So then, um, now Tesla is, you know, his namesake, you have like the, the Tesla coil, things like that. Um, and you have other inventions that fall under his name and under the thing or, or, or attributed to him. Um, so you have different kind of different ideas that, that swirl around Tesla, people attribute them to Tesla. And you could perhaps say like some of them he came up with, some of them he kind of borrowed ideas from other scientists of his time, contemporaries and things like this. But a lot of people would, you know, at least give him um, the advantage or they'd get, they'd go ahead and attribute his ideas to leading to new forms of light such as neon and fluorescent light so you know using gases to to electrify and be charged you know electrically charged and you get these new kinds of lights as opposed to using the usual like tungsten uh you know those types of lights and stuff like that and people would also say he also contributed into the development of x-rays yeah yeah um but yeah and some of his biggest probably some of his biggest contributions come under like radio like so when he built these tesla coils so it's pretty much like these tesla coils are capable of generating high voltages and frequencies he made it possible to send and receive radio signals which in like the 1900s you weren't they weren't really nobody kind of knew what radio technology was no at the point still it it, hadn't been invented yet like still in world war one they were still had the radio guy who would drag that wire across the battlefield so you could talk back to your commander like there was still wired they were basically using radio had not they were using cups and strings yeah pretty much in world war (laughs) one basically high high tech cups and strings (laughs) it's not it's not it's true and so wireless transmission technology became like the big thing uh, in like that just like solid turn of the century right there at 1900. That was what he was trying to invent. But um, he had different ideas for it. He had different concepts about what it could do. Tesla was in his time a visionary. He was very good at kind of articulating his thoughts about what could be done with certain technologies and and where it could take us and how is it's like he was a very, a lot of people would say in that time, I would think you have to be a type of, a type of showman as well as like a scientist like Edison was known as well. Like a lot of those guys back then, like researching for this, I can imagine it's just like pretty much every uh, electrical engineer is throwing out every idea and, and, and making all these large and bold claims about what their technology, what their engines, what their uh, electrical uh, devices could do and where they could take humanity and, and, Tesla was one of those big idea guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can, I can make the world completely different from what you see today. We could have all of these incredible things and I could do it with this. I could do it with wireless transmission technology is what he had. The, he had the concept and c- had conceived. And it's good because you look at, you look at Tesla's grandstanding and you think of like Stark Industries. He's up there <laughs> and he's doing all this cool shit and shooting light everywhere. Cue the final countdown fucking song like Job. Like, it's awesome. It's cool. And then Edison shows up and he's like, hey, that cool shit. Well, look what it does to elephants. Yeah. <laughs> and <Dead>. just fucking <laughs> executes, a, you know, just, no, he starts small. He starts, starts small. with like family pets, fucking cats, dogs, and just literally barbecues them on stage for people like super villain shit. And then he's yeah. like, you want to know you think that's bad? Wait till I bring up this fucking elephant named Tilly or whatever the hell his name was. And he tries to electrically shock an elephant with AC current live on fucking stage. 
to show and, everyone how dangerous it is. And all he does is juice up Babar and Babar goes <laughs> nuts. Like that's how you create a super villain elephant. What was he fucking thinking? Well, it worked. People yeah. were scared of I mean, the elephant. Scared of the, of the elephant, wrong yeah. fucking guy, though. Like they, they're like, oh, they should be scared of Edison, a guy that's willing to fucking live execute a fucking elephant on stage for you to prove a point. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. And so there is um now there is debate or there had been debate about whether Tesla could be credited with actually invented radio signals. So it was kind of up in the air between him uh, and uh, Guglielmo Marconi Marconi about who first what, what kind you, of invented. What was his what? first name again? Guglielmo? again please? Guglielmo. Oh, no, that's no, that's the real name. For some reason, I thought it was Guillermo. And then I just nope, read it again. I'm like, no. Guglielmo. Macaroni. Guglielmo. Guglielmo. Guglielmo Macaroni. Yeah. It's a Guglielmo. Marconi. And so there is some about like who really created radio first. So at first it was Marconi uh, got credited and seemed to beat tesla to the punch of actually inventing these you know uh, making radio technology radio receiving and sending technology actually practical let's say to be him but then uh the courts kind of overturned that later about tesla like the u.s supreme court up ultimately upheld tesla's claims uh you know clarifying his role in the invention of the radio but that wasn't until 1943 you know right well marconi really he so uh, when they were, they're both working out at the same time, Marconi got the patents in Europe. He couldn't get them in the States because Tesla claimed that he's using 17 of his patents or whatever. But then the story goes that Edison actually starts backing the, the lawyers and stuff and overturns the litigation in the States and then brings it over. And that's what allows Marconi to do the first like transatlantic uh, transmission. And pretty much he held it for a while. Like, yeah, he's the inventor of, radio signals but eventually pretty much was like six months after tesla died they're like actually it was tesla and i think he's now credited as the inventor of radio so it's but they were they were working on it at the same time yeah fucking edison man fucking guy just editing to keep our boy tesla down dude you already stiffed him i heard it already it had more to do with getting paid out because at this point in time tesla was considered was a a citizen right he was. No, no, he would have been a naturalized citizen. Yeah, yeah so like he that. was a citizen, and apparently the patents work. Like, if you're a citizen, you can patent it and get paid, whereas an immigrant comes over that's not a citizen, doesn't mean fuck all. They're not going to be getting paid like a citizen would. Right. But Makes I sense. like Edison. I like the sinister Edison angle way better. He's just, he's just after him forever. Yeah, bastard. Tesla would continue to work on this idea for wireless transmission. So it wasn't just about his idea being like, okay, sending, he had these ideas talking about, you know, things that would seem to be like predictions of wireless technology, like things like cell phones and uh, having, you know, wireless radio and remote controlled remote charging devices and things like this. And Tesla working to this point had actually convinced JP Morgan uh, of this vision of a wireless globe, a wireless mm. network that could, you know, provide energy to everyone and everywhere without having to use wires or anything like that. And he actually managed to get, you know, $150,000 at the time uh, from Morgan to finance like, the building. 
Like the guy that got rich off of fucking fossil fuels, JP Morgan. Yes. What? So I saw a banker. <laughs> guy fucking changed his tune pretty quick. Dude, he's one of the big families, man. Of the yeah, conspiracy wow. families. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, he probably hopped on board just to crash it. <laughs> just to stifle the whole thing. Well, so Tesla began work on this giant transmission tower, and this is what everybody, this is what the Wardenclyffe Tower, the famous Wardenclyffe Tower. If you look it up, this is one of the Tesla's kind of big projects. And yeah. so um Tesla hired an architect, Stanford White, uh, to to build this giant tower that would extend. It was like, was it 200 feet up in the air? It was almost like 200 feet tall. And then it also extended like a couple, like 20 feet or something like that underground as well. And yep. Tesla figured that this would be able to wireless, wirelessly transmit power from uh, its location in New York, like for, like across the bay to like Manhattan, New York or wherever, and then be able to you wouldn't need wires. You could just, you know, charge it up and then it would go everything. You could light up light bulbs and turn on all kinds of power devices and things like this. Like that was his idea of being able to do that. Um, Dude, our phones would never have batteries. Just always charging. Always, always, yeah, always just connected, connected, to, the connected to power. Yeah. That would have been so perfect. Like three generations of iPhones ago. Yeah. When you had like four minutes of fucking battery life. But perhaps people would say this is this is the these are the highest heights to which Tesla would rise to because after this, like after you know, J.P. Morgan realized that uh, the financial uh, prospects of having wirelessly uh, transmitted energy, you can't. There's no way to meter it. Once you realize that, I think that's kind of how the story goes. Once you realize that you can't profit from it. Essentially, uh, he cut the funding. He said, "No, I'm not going to give you any more money." And also, Tesla was like, "I need more money to build this because $150,000 wasn't going to cut it." So he still needed more money to and to complete the construction. J.P. Morgan pulled out. Tesla tried to find more investors. Uh, they didn't want to sign on after that. Perhaps J.P. Morgan or Edison had some hand in that. Perhaps uh, to to convince investors not to invest in this what is essentially a, a mad scientist dream. Uh, and had right. I don't think. Tesla really sold any idea on how you would recoup the costs, you know, other than changing the world, but you know, changing the world doesn't. Well, he, count. he said like originally with the tower, like the wireless transmission, he thought like you could send and receive, like he pretty much was quoting what we have now, like the smartphone and like, we'd be able to send video and signals and stuff and receive it on something the size of a watch. But then also I think where he lost his investors was like, but also you can have a, limitless free energy and no one has to pay for anything and he's right. everyone's like oh wait 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 yeah. wait wait, wait. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. all <laughs> hey, the other we, stuff sounds great here. all the other stuff sounds great but how are we going to make money from him? he's like we're not we're going to do it for the better of humanity and they're like oh no 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 nah, don't like that S squash so it. this is the main like that was the main push for you know after this was his big chance essentially and i guess you could say he blew it but then after that, you know, things get a little bit more strange after that that Tesla time. Tesla becomes a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more. Well, yeah, we go from we go from the Nikola Tesla as like the father of like our modern electrical grid and like, you know, x-rays and all the other inventions. He had like over 100 patents and like a bunch of different stuff. And then after this, when he loses the tower, we get into, you know, the 
the near, the end the end of Tesla's era when we get pretty wild. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick beer break, and we'll be right back. One of the most important things that perhaps Tesla ever worked on was the idea for and, and the concepts and actually practically applying the principles of remote control. Uh, at Madison Square Garden at the Electrical Exhibition of 1898, he actually staged a presentation, uh, which people found fascinating, that he it pretty much took them beyond what was generally accepted uh, limitations of technology at the time. And he showcased this this heavy steel boat. It was about four feet long and like a tank of water. And it was fully radio controlled, wirelessly controlled. He was able to give, you know, produce signals with a little control and, and you know, able to control the the rudder of the boat and the speed of it and where it was going. And like Tesla kind of envisioned that remote control. The funny thing He's is like, like RC cars are going to be huge in the future. <laughs> well, kids are going to love them and adults are going to hobby craft them. It's going to be a big industry of its own. Forget AC current <laughs> hobby well, is craft kind of, is where it's at. You know how I, I much think, we can charge for these little parts. The kids ones will be cheap, but the adult ones will be premium. <laughs> They'll so go as that- fast as real cars. <laughs> <laughs> we can make speedboats, sailboats, <laughs> helicopters, planes, miniature everything. I'm envisioning a world. Everyone, <laughs> it's chaos. People in the streets. <laughs> so to that point, helicopters, actually- <laughs> <laughs> you trains, model trains will be will blow up. People will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars creating real ro- railways with miniature trains and they'll make landmarks. Go, sorry, Dan. Go I'm ahead. waiting for one more yeah. interruption on Dan here. Yeah. So to that point, this actually, uh, this perhaps gives you an insight into kind of the darker side of Tesla's uh, ideas of what his technology could do. He was aware of the military applications of this technology. Specifically, he was envisioning perhaps that this could be applied to radio controlled torpedoes. Like they could use this like during that time, like uh, submarine combat was becoming a very a reality. And he figured that, you know, if you've had radio controlled torpedoes, that would be something that, you know, any government would try to find and, and mm-hmm. use. Um, and also the fact that he thought that perhaps you could use this radio control to actually not just control like small boats, but you could basically make giant remote controlled floating artillery platforms. Yeah, like he you goes could just from Tony them. Stark to Howard Stark real quick. <laughs> I mean, Tony Stark was that too. Like he, he was made, that. Yeah, at the beginning. Like, yeah I mean, he's very much Tony Stark, uh, you know, becoming this thing. But a lot of the 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 military <laughs> demand for a lot of technologies never really materialized. They never were that forward thinking. Like later the te- yeah. when the technology should have stuck with those RC cars. <laughs> yep. Blew it. <laughs> And later that technology, like the, like the principles of the technology, the concepts would be applied in the future. But when uh, like Tesla was at his prime, we could say it never really, the demand never really you know, came out for him to actually produce any of these technologies large scale. Now there is another, so this is part of the thing where we could talk about he is the father of remote control, but you can also say that in his experiments with radio technology, 
one of the other important things to come out of it is that his potential contact with a non-terrestrial intelligence. Oh, here we go. What's what so brain's waiting for? In 1899, and aliens comes in, right? In 1899, uh, Tesla was actually spending his time in Colorado Springs where he was experimenting with high frequency electricity and wireless telegraphy. Uh, he picked this, this area cause he was, he wanted to see how, uh, electricity and, and sig- like electrical signal signals could <laughs> travel through the rarefied air, you know, the, the, at higher altitudes and, and kind of figure out how it work there and now tesla was saying that at one point uh during these experiments he actually picked up some peculiar radio signals and he believed that these signals were extraterrestrial or origin so he's quoted as saying that the changes i noted were taking place periodically and with such a clear suggestion of number and order that they were not traceable to any cause known to me i was familiar of course with such electrical disturbances as are produced by the sun aurora borealis and earth currents and i was sure as I could be of any fact that these variations were due to none of these causes. And that was from Collier's Weekly, which was an American magazine at the time. You know, it just popped into my head. You know what? Like when I was first looking into this, I was like, man, this is very interesting. They did this. And I'm like, could he have been potentially talking to aliens? But what just popped into my head now is it kind of sounds like he may have discovered fast radio bursts. He's the first FRB guy. Yeah, like the for like ever, right? Because he's like, you know, they're they're periodic. It's we. This is weird because that's you know, I never even put this together before. But how he's describing this is like you know the first articles we would read of fast radio bursts five years ago, right? It's like these weird. We're getting these weird pulsating signals. We don't know what they are, and now we know that certain stars can give them off, right? We've learned a lot about them since then. But if he's may have discovered these in 1899 right it's unbelievable mm. now didn't he didn't he say that these signals like they were like mathematical in nature like they were like one two three four or something he thought well you were saying that they're at least like a repeating signal of like three fast dots like dot three. dot dot and then three like dot dot three dot. so he's waiting three, three. everyone knows three. dot 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 means something's coming and there are a number of theories, like Braden said, perhaps, you know, fast radio bursts could probably be thrown in there. But there are a couple of other theories of what it it, it possibly could have been. Um, yeah, aliens. Whether, aliens. Yeah, or, you know, you can just say He's it's aliens. aliens, and that's fine, too. That's what he said. <laughs> um, I, think, I think he also pinned it on Mars as probably the most likely culprit. Yep. Like, that's what a lot of people say, is that he was believing that he was picking up transmissions from some civilization that was on Mars. And this was still a very kind of real possibility. And it was still not a possibility, but it was like a, um, an idea or a dream or whatever, that there was a civilization on Mars. We hadn't explored Mars. There was still the, um, there was still the rumor or the, of, of canals on Mars. So, uh, there was still the, the, uh, like the concept of this, uh, perhaps like a fallen civilization that is, it collapsed on Mars, you know, it, 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 something had happened due to some terrible cataclysm. Uh, the themes of that were 
prevalent throughout, you know, pulp novels and things like that, which were still prevalent during the day. Uh, and so that was kind of the idea that kind of popped out of that. That was like, perhaps, you know, it's just like today, like we, we you know, like when we get fast radio bursts, everybody's like, it's aliens. <laughs> yeah, it could be though. And then it could be, and it could be aliens. And then there's scientists that say that, well, you know, there's a good chance that it's something else. Some quasars aliens, or pulsars. Yeah. Um, it could swamp be gas. aliens, but it's yeah. a little bit more likely that it's these things, but it still could be aliens. So, you know, ball lightning. <laughs> so, yeah, but this was, this was on his mind was like, he had, you know, he, he credited himself as perhaps, you know, he thought of himself as being the first person to ever have, really communicated or received communication from an extraterrestrial intelligence. Which is in itself pretty awesome. Like It's pretty exciting. Like even if if it wasn't aliens from Mars, just the fact that he was able to get signals from outside, that came from outside of Earth's atmosphere. So either they came, maybe it was like electrical interference in, in our atmosphere or something from the sun or something else. He's like the first person to record you know, signals from outside of earth, which right. is pretty, I awesome. think, I think one of the most likely or what is, what is seen as the most likely cause of it was that there was one of his contemporaries was experimenting with wireless transmission technology at the time. And they were actually like at the time that he reported getting the signal was around the same time that they were actually broadcasting the it was fucking uh, Edison again. Well, it wasn't Edison. <laughs> it wasn't Edison. Trying Edison. Medicine. He's, He's trying, trying to discredit him. I don't know if it was Marconi, but it was one of the, it might've been another one. Uh, there's a lot of them, but uh, they were broadcasting S like the Morse code for S, which is dot, dot, dot. Mm. Like, it's, that's what it is. You know, SOS dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. But they were, you know, they were providing a, uh, like a presentation or an example. And they were saying that perhaps it, it does what radio signals do. And what we know is a very a real phenomenon is where you can bounce it off the ionosphere like you can bounce off radio like you can bounce yep. radio off the atmosphere and then bounce back down and they're saying that that's perhaps what pretty conveniently time sounds like, like a cover-up to me yeah sure. sounds like yeah. A, sounds like an easy truth. out yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the much simpler and acceptable explanation is that it was mars aliens so, martians yeah. Martians. Right. Yeah. this is called tesla and aliens so i mean yeah have to you gotta gotta get martians. it in there yeah. Uh, so he also had some really unique ideas and forward thinking concepts when it came to uh, like imaging technology. Like we mentioned before, he is uh, attributed with having important uh, uh, like uh, important developments in x-rays. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the, his ideas was that he could actually produce images directly from your retina uh, based on what you were thinking. So he had this kind of idea uh, it, that he put forth in an article that was published in the Kansas City Journal Post in September of 1933, and he told reporters of being able to photograph thought. Uh, hmm. <laughs> kind of similar to like the Montauk like Project. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Right? It's almost like they were fucking fucking around with these same ideas that Tesla was thinking about in the Montauk and then from the Philadelphia experiment, right? This, it, yeah. it's, it's weird to hear this because then you're like, you're like, well, this is exactly what's kind of being described. Where did they get that technology from? Yeah. And so in his, in his idea, there's no know, way they would have seized all the patents, right? Like the CIA, no when way. he died in FBI, no. they didn't, the government didn't seize all the patents when he no. died in the forties. 
no and chance. then you oh. know extrapolate Great. start using yeah. all these patents to see if they worked the next 20 years uh, in mk ultra and uh montauk project and philadelphia experiment it's like they it's like they had the patents because they stole them and seized them away from the public and then we're no, quietly no, 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 using no. them around to see if they listen, could get these things listen, to work great granddaddy great it's granddaddy probably someone Trump. hitting sos across Grand the world bouncing off no, us. <laughs> great uncle trump told us that stuff's all bogus none of it worked it was all bullshit we saw it yeah, that must be the that must be correct. That's got to be the truth. Got to be the Has truth. Be. Yeah. Uh, so he's quoted as saying that in 1893, while engaged in certain investigations, I became convinced that a definite image formed in thought must, by reflex action, produce a corresponding image on the retina, which might be read by a suitable apparatus. Now, if it be true that a thought reflects an image on the retina, it is mere question of illuminating the same property and taking photographs and then using the ordinary methods are able are available to project the image on a screen. What's well, crazy because it, like when you you see an object, but you can also visualize an object almost e like equally as well. <laughs> you so I, I guess in that that's what he's thinking. Like, okay, in your mind, you can think of an object and therefore it must be projected on the retina. And if it's projected on the retina, we should be able to transcribe that onto a screen is I guess is what he's thinking. So like I could, I could think, you know, I'm having a dream. I wake up, I'm like, oh, I could picture that dream. I could scan my retina and it could come into, it could be projected onto a screen, I guess is what he's trying to, he's going for here. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, exactly yeah, that's his like idea. what Nickel describes Right, him and fucking well, the Montauk. other guy in Montauk. Well, I mean, later you would have to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, none of that's actually how eyes, you know, vision works. But uh, his, I mean, the, the light stuff does, but not like putting stuff on a on a retina. That's when you think about it, that doesn't really work. But that's his but thinking here. We do have similar technology today, which works on a different, like in a different principles where it takes the, you know, the algorithm, it takes certain algorithms and applies them to the, you know, the different parts of the brain and signals that go are transmitted throughout the brain to certain parts of the brain. And, you know, computer programs can translate that into rough images. And we've, you know, you've seen reports of it. You can look up news articles about uh, scientists working with that kind of technology where you can produce like a, almost, yeah, an image of what people are thinking about when they see something. So, I mean, it's mm -hmm. not like he wasn't far off. Again, yeah. he was, it's a pretty cool, I mean, he was thinking about this stuff before anybody else. So it's, it's kind of neat, but I, some of the, again, like some of the principles and, you know, foundational concepts are kind of out of whack, but it's still, he's still there. Just still pretty neat. That's neat. And one of his other bigger, one of his other ideas was he is attributed with coming up with the, his, what is the called? Like the Tessa oscillator, which also has the name, the earthquake machine. Other people know it as. And uh, so, in 1896, Tesla was working on oscillations, which were going to be used for energy transfer. And I guess the idea was to create a steam-powered oscillator that could uh, create certain and various frequencies and whatever. And so he came, uh, like, while he was working with this, he became aware that if a certain, if the frequency matched a certain resonance frequency of an object that device a receiving device could transform the mechanical oscillations back into electrical current right so this thing would vibrate like up and down through steam power 
if you got the resonant frequency right of whatever you're trying to get, say you're trying to do stone or concrete, you could then capture the resonant frequency bouncing back off that into electrical current and then produce power is what he's going for pretty much. Right. And so the story goes that in 1898, he actually managed to, to oscillate like while he was working with this, this machine, this apparatus to oscillate his entire laboratory that the oscillation, the frequency that it was running at, it ended up, you know, we know about this principle of like, it's like sympathetic resonance. Is that correct? I'm pretty like, sure. Like, like, sounds fine, right. Right. like the re- resonant <laughs> frequency of an object. Would, right. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's just kind of like this self-sustaining, self-amplifying phenomenon where you like you resonate at a certain frequency and then you could potentially bring something down or disintegrate. Well, it's the same. Like, kind of the idea. It's, it's the mm. same concept as like an opera singer shattering a glass. You find the frequency of that glass and you sustain your energy from your voice and eventually the resonant frequency will like pretty much cascade out of control and the thing will shatter. In a small scale in a glass, it's possible, but then you got to up, upscale the energy output to do that with any type of building or anything. But that... Think about weaponizing that. Exactly, right? Like directed energy. Whoa. So yeah, some people think they, they have and use yeah. it, right? Well, that, that's one of the prevailing theories of, you know, the alternate theories of the collapse of the towers on 9-11 is that they had some type of device either on a ship or in space or something. The theories go wild. The planes hit, exploded, but then this resonant frequency, as goes the theories of the internet, actually brought down buildings. And they contribute that back to Tesla's earthquake machine. Well, then if you look at that, like if you, it, it goes back to like when Tesla died, they seized all his patents, right? Like they're, they're, they, the government sees them all. So if they were experimenting with them, right? And, you know, we now have a connection between uh, his patents, MK Ultra, Project Montauk, potentially uh, the World Trade Center. I'm not saying that's what happened, but, you know, you have all theory. these things. It's like it's a theory out there. There's a theory of that, but you you have a link of like the, these p- patents were made, Tesla, these technologies, Tesla was experimenting with them. They get seized by the government, and now it's they seemingly used years and years later, where these things may have been uh, built upon or or perfected. Yeah. Now, didn't he? Didn't the story goes that he actually in his laboratory may have created an earthquake in New York with this machine? Well, I was saying that there's a story that he like created like kind of a prototype device, like a smaller version of it, I suppose. And then he would go to certain buildings and he would actually use it on buildings like to to, to get them to vibrate. <laughs> like he would walk. I <laughs> no know it, 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 it conjures up a weird picture, like <laughs> a weird image of the of Tesla, like walking into like buildings and like pulling out this little tiny little device out from his you know, underneath his jacket and attaching it to like a steel his a support beam or something. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. And then like put it on a support beam and like people are like, what are you doing? And he's like science. And like, Oh, okay. Like, it's Dude, like I came across this, on. I came across a hilarious story. I have no idea if it was true or not, but like, I guess Mark Twain had a notorious like constipation and he mm-hmm. was at Tesla's lab in New York and he got Mark Twain to stand on this platform and after one minute, he ran to the bathroom and shit himself because he <laughs> fucking <laughs> vibrated Twain's bowels so bad that he cured his constipation. That was a story I found on the internet. I have no idea if that was true or not, but I thought that was funny. 
I don't know. Some people say, you know, take a, take a, take a ride on your, you know, if you're a little backed up, you take a ride on your riding mower. Some people say it works. Yeah. Vibrates you know. those, col- the colon or your earthquake machine yeah, or earthquake yeah, machine. You got yeah. handy. Whatever's easiest. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's one of his things, but perhaps Tesla's crowning achievement or one of his biggest uh, claims was that he was going, he had the idea that he was going to produce a device that would hurl bolts like Thor, which was the title that the New York Times in 1915 gave to their article, pretty much. Uh, Tesla said that he would be able to harness a beam of metal ions that would shoot out at 270,000 miles per hour. And you could take this technology and you'd be able to essentially, you could take down airplanes like in the air at from 250 miles away he called it the teleforce weapon is what he named it but then you know once the media took a hold of it everybody pretty much called it a death ray death ray or he he referred to it as a a peace ray because he said if every world's military had it then there'd be no war because no one could ever attack you because everyone would have this fucking devastating technology Right. Uh, that was always kind of Tesla's idea was that if everybody had the technology and ever, I mean, mutually assured destruction seemed like his only solution to most of it. He was always like, if everybody has the technology to destroy everybody else, then nobody has any reason to make war. Like, yeah, to destroy anyone. <laughs> yeah. Man, the quote is a military weapon that would accelerate mercury particles at 48 times the speed of sound inside a vacuum chamber and shoot a high velocity beam through free air of such tremendous energy that it would bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance right. of 250 Something miles. Something like he said, like Shit. packing 100 billion watts into just one 100 millionth of a square centimeter. So if you imagine what that's like. And this unleash <laughs> it and the whole air just, just like... Everything exploding. Everything explodes. I mean, well, it's like, you know, you take like a, you know, you hear the things like you take like, a small object like it's like a rail gun kind of yeah. like you take like a small object accelerate it to such a you know just such a speed or whatever like in tornadoes where you have like eggs that go through that can smash through concrete walls and stuff like that so and there was a story that no no one else took him serious but the soviet union did do a test of it in 39 but i couldn't find well, they did they did contract him like they gave him a contract i think for a couple it's like 25 or twenty five thousand dollars or something uh to actually research beam technology like that was what they they kind of hired him to do or they contracted him to do and then what were you saying zelby well they said they did a a partial test but when i look into it i was like well what was the partial test it doesn't really say so obviously it didn't go anywhere but they were the only ones to take interest in his death beam technology (laughs) everyone else is like there's no way that works and they're like well we'll (laughs) we'll give it a chance because if it does work we'll try if it does work then uh we win (laughs) Yeah, height of the Cold War kicking up. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, and then after this, like again, like this was 1915. uh, Tesla at at some point had started to kind of decline in both health and what would seemingly his mental faculties started to kind of uh, leave off at some point or deteriorate to such a to such a point as all humans do. As all humans do. And perhaps you could make a, you know, you probably could cite a lot of cases with, you know, people of great intellect who in their later years, you know, started to lose it a little bit more. Or it's a little bit more apparent that they're, you know, not exactly on the, <laughs> not exactly all there 
at Dan, some point. Dan, are you are you referring to his uh, his love for a certain pigeon? <laughs> We're all that's pigeons. That's perfectly normal. Yes, man. Once, well, no, there, there was a certain <laughs> pigeon he loved more than any other pigeon. Right. This is true. Andrew, take us down the demise of Nikola Tesla. Well, something we need to know about Tesla is something very important. Tesla was never married, right? Celibate. Did never talk about his love life until he met this certain pigeon. <laughs> he fell in love with a very special white pigeon that he visited regularly. And he was reported saying, I love that pigeon as a man loves a woman. And she loved me. These are real she things. Loved him. <laughs> this is real stuff. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, that, that's facts. pigeon love, man. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, here's, it's weird because I had this, like, I saved this and it's kind of weird after we kind of went into him being able to supposedly talk to Martians, right? And he said that they were talking with the three beeps because something that you learn about Tesla is his obsession with things that were divisible by three. three six, so nine, yeah. Tesla would sometimes walk around the block three times before entering a building. After finishing a meal, he would clean his plate with 18 napkins and he would only live in a hotel room that was labeled with a number that was divisible by three. He believed that the numbers three, six, and nine had extreme importance. In a quote, he once even stated that if you knew the magnificence of the three, six, and nine, you would know the key to the universe. Fuck. Shit. There's Maybe f- he learned something. We got to cut one of us. The three, six, nine. He's like, he, he's getting into like, you know, the golden ratio, like Fibonacci sequence and all that probably. Yeah. Well, it's interesting though, because like when you think about it, like what math is pretty much the universal language, right? Like no matter where you are, two plus two equals fucking six, right? No, yeah. <laughs> two plus two equals four, right? Equals like three, it's, six, it's, nine. Well, he's, yeah, it's he's the, he, Tesla says that humans did not discover mathematics. They, they didn't, it was already there. They didn't invent mathematics. They discovered it. It's the universal, universal language. Yeah. Well, and it's the truth, though. Like, that's the one thing. Like, if you could talk to aliens or something like that, that's the one thing that we'd be on the same wavelength with, right? That's the one thing on this planet that we're, every every nationality, every language all uses the same numbers. Like, we all use right. the same code of that. And maybe with his ability to, like, his, his genius in math, maybe he was tapping into something that nobody else could. Maybe he was right. Maybe there's some type. What was that shit we talked about before? They were the red, it's like a Kashik or Kashik record, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Maybe he's able to tap into that type of shit with his ability to, with math. Like it's maybe he's onto something, boys. Maybe I'm I'm not even smart enough to begin to understand the importance of three, six, or nine. Yeah, well, I tr- I try to look into it, and it's like it's pretty much a circle. We all know the importance of six, nine. So I mean, yeah, he he get three. dude. He three gets three. into it. He gets into it like <laughs> a circle has three hundred sixty degrees, but the circle in half is one hundred and eighty. The root of 180 is nine. You go to 90, 90. It's like, like you go down this huge rabbit hole of why there's important. So if you're, if you're, I would also be like, if you're an electrical engineer, you probably know those things are important. <laughs> like those numbers are important. If you're designing, uh, if you're designing like electrical mechanisms and mechanical things, I think you'd probably want to know that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Like to speak to Tesla's genius, there's also people that believe that he himself was an alien. Fuck, yeah. Like rece- yeah, right? receiving uh, information? Receiving some sort of information for the betterment of human uh, humankind. He, he Really not interested in money, which is a really powerful motivator for basically everyone. And he's tearing up million-dollar contracts. Not interested in sex, love, relationships, other than with a single white pigeon? 
Yeah, like those are he, basic. That's basic human fucking needs, man. No interest in it. There's even a declassified FBI document called the Interplanetary Sessions Newsletter. Um, this document was written in on June 14th, 1957, and it contains some claims that Tesla was originally from planet Venus. He's a Venusian. Ooh. And uh, in that he was brought to this planet as a baby in 1856, and he was left with Mr. and Mrs. Tesla, Clark similar Kent. to Superman. This is real? This is a declassified FBI document. Are you sure? A real I, declassified. I don't know about this. Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying it's a declass. Okay. Like, but wait, just because I, it's, we, hold on, hold on. Dan, Dan, I got it. Okay. Okay. This is He's 100% fact. And obviously the FBI was onto something. No, it's, it's, it's contained when you, when you look at this document and you look at it, it contains a wide range of just information that they have. It's not, it's not like a factual thing. It is, in fact, a newsletter. So this could be, in fact, a newsletter from, say, like the what's the the daily tabloid or daily what's Beagle. the? It could be the Weekly World News. Weekly World <laughs> News, exactly. And it's just in this. The FBI had this, or document. somebody sent it to them. Like somebody yeah. sent it to the FBI. If they address it to the FBI and they're like, "Hey, like you need to read this," like the FBI will include it in a file, it was, and then it just it gets declassified with the other stuff. Like, yeah, so it's not like we believe this. It's just like, well, this just happened to. This is included in the file because it's it's got Tesla. It regard it's regarding Tesla. Like, yeah, that's it. Now, <laughs> you know, but having said that, it I don't think he's from that. Uh, living in the atmospheres of Venus. We all know what a hellscape that is. Um, but it, to, to say that he himself was some sort of alien or hybrid, I found interesting because I'm like, he did seem to be tapped into some information way ahead of his time. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, he's definitely way ahead of his time. As far as like his wireless, he's trying to transmit like wireless communication, wireless energy. That's a hundred years mm -hmm. ahead of his time. Like we didn't really, maybe we didn't get that ahead. till no. We, I'm just saying we didn't get wireless transmission of like messages and stuff till like well we got text messages in the 90s. We didn't get video messages till 2006 or whatever the fuck. Like he's well ahead of his time there. Maybe the whatever whoever was talking to him, the Martians supposedly or whatever, was using the wireless transmission to send him messages with this technology. Maybe they did oh, that shit. during the lightning strike when he was born. <laughs> hey, I never thought about that in the in the vast time between in days. The split times between Dude. July 9th and tenth. Well, Andrew mentioned ah. the Akashic Akashic rec records, like tapping into like everything that is or ever will be, and him being able to in his mind build and see new technologies that do not exist, take them apart, rebuild them till they work, and then implement them is pretty alien, in my opinion. Like that's pretty nuts. So nuts. Like how many how many people can actually do that or have that, done that throughout history? Not that many, I'm sure. I, I think it was Freddie Silva one time we talked to who was who was talking about like um pa like the Anunnaki being here and um either being trapped here, not trapped here, but they're they just they had no choice other than to you know continue their bloodline. So they started making humans or mating with humans to basically store their knowledge in DNA. Right. Um, 
and and then perhaps this is just Tesla's just one of those lucky people's where it's his parents got together and whatever you know they both had a good piece of a puzzle that connected right and it just mm. tapped into some information you know like the Acacia records or something that now he was just getting a flood to they they just kept coming to him in visions um maybe it was something like that where so maybe not necessarily him necessarily an alien but he had a lot of maybe Anunnaki precursed genetics in him. <laughs> Do you think that would happen a little bit more, like more frequently than just him? And then who, like he's, no. I guess the only person you could think of maybe Elon Musk would be our generation's hey, fucking hold on. Tesla. Wait. No, I hate that. Okay. Can we just quickly address that? Yeah, Elon Musk is not the Tesla or not the Nikola Tesla. He didn't invent Tesla. Martin Ebhard and Mark Tarpening. Yeah, I, I understand that, but he's and also he's just invest- a figurehead. He's just an investor and a figurehead. All right, is the cars the most important thing that fucking Tesla's or that Elon Musk has created? No, no. not even close. PayPal. Not even fucking close. Kike, yeah, I mean, Elon Musk created PayPal, which revolutionized digital financial transactions, which is pretty insane. And yeah. then he does use his billions of dollars. Number one, to alter cryptocurrency markets. <laughs> yeah. <fucker. laughs> Number two, to invest in technology that could possibly save the human race in the case of global cataclysm by getting us to Mars and start restarting humanity on a foreign planet. So he is doing he is doing stuff. I mean, he's a billionaire, so it's not like he's not doing it for financial gain, but he's using his financial gain where Tesla could have used it like it. Like if Nikola Tesla actually got his patents and got all his money and still used that money to benefit humanity, he probably would have been better off because he didn't understand that humanity as a whole, especially when you get to big business, is super greedy and they don't give a fuck. It's too bad. It's because they stopped him. When he originally was contacted by aliens on Mars, they ended up controlling him. Or they, you know what? They probably didn't even control him. They probably offered him something. They probably offered him the knowledge and the secrets that he wanted to, he, to fuel his imagination and his dreams of building a new world of tomorrow. They probably dangled this idea in front of him and they said, <laughs> we can help you. We can help you unlock the secrets of the universe. We can help you make your entire vision of the future come true. We can make it a reality. So he started building, this is after he received the messages in like the 1800s. So when he was working at Colorado Springs, he actually did receive a message back then. So then he goes to the, the was the World Expo in the early like 1900s, like 1899 yeah. or whatever. He goes to the World Expo in France right there. He goes and meets with like people like Gustave Eiffel, things like that, build the Eiffel Tower. Mm, Eiffel Tower, large metal tower in the Ooh. middle of Paris, one of the you know most popular cities in the entire world, probably one of the most influential, culturally advanced, and it's also in the forefront of science at the time. And then what happened in the like early 1900s as well? Tunguska. A boom. Tunguska adventure. A boom. What was it 1912 or something, wasn't it? It's the early 1900s, like before 1910 or something like 1903, I want to say, or 1908. You could be right. Tesla might have been still in Europe at that point. He got something from there. The aliens sent him 1908 something. Yeah, the plans for the Tesla sauce. No, the orb. Yes. Or the orb. Tesla orb. Isn't the Tesla orb. So he got this new orb. He takes control of this. It gives him the ideas that be like wireless transmission of technology is possible because he needed some kind of exotic material because putting up that much energy like out 
wasn't possible at that time. The amount of energy that he would have needed to to kind of produce an entire wireless uh, transmission technology infrastructure across the entire world, some kind of you know inter you know, intercontinental web of electrical charging stations, these things, he wasn't going to be able to do that with the technology they had back then. He needed some type of, at least some type of exotic material or superconductor of some type that wasn't in anywhere, exist anywhere in science of the day. So he picked something up there. They sent something Mm -hmm. to him, got his hands on that. And he started building what he was, his, uh, you know, Wardenclyffe Tower is going to start building that. But once they figured out that he wasn't going to, that was going to be applied not just for wireless energy transmission for humans. It was going to be the foundation of what the extraterrestrials were going to use when they came to Earth. They were going to be able why? because like, why would you waste your time having to build your technology, which is probably already established and things like you have the, the technology that works on these principles. Why would you build it yourself when you can just have the people of Earth? Build I like it for that. You? And then you just come and now your ships are powered when you get here. Everything's mm. working for Everything's you. Everything's already set up for you. Yeah. As soon as you land, all you had to do is indoctrinate one guy. I like that. That's, That's interesting. all you had to do. Speaking of the Tungusta event. Edison realized <laughs> Our savior. that this was going to happen. <laughs> right? Convinced JP Morgan to pull out his funding. Stop Tesla <laughs> at that turn. And then they kept an eye on him until then. Every time he tried to build some new thing, investment bankers, investment fell out, struck out, didn't want to follow him. All I'm saying is like they wanted to keep an eye on him. And that's why they took all his patents and stuff at the end. They're just like keeping an eye on him. Hey, so interesting. with the like Tungasia event, the, another theory is that that was potentially an accidental discharge of the death ray by Tesla. Oh, I kind of shit. forgot about that. Um, but now that we're, we're talking about him, it kind of makes sense that like, say he fired something up in New York and it blasted Russia, like the force of Russia. <laughs> and he, and he's like, he's like, that did something. I don't know what. And then you hear about the Tunguska event and he puts it together. He's like, I did that. He lets the Russians know like, Hey, I have this idea for this peace ray. You've seen it work. And they're like, no, we haven't. He goes, Tangaska, I did that. And they're like, okay, well, now we're interested. And that's why they bring him, bring him to, to see the, uh, bring him to Russia to do some tests or whatnot. But I like Dan. I like the, I like your theory. I like he it. was possessed by some foreign, you know, other He realm. could have been controlled either like by that or they actually took control of him. Who knows? Like he could have been a conduit. He could have been possessed by some malign intelligence that perhaps infiltrated him and, you know, his mind and the way that it worked. He just hooked up like it just became a, a doorway in which something, you know, once you open that doorway, stuff can come out, but you can't put stuff back in. You can't close the door. Pandora's box. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. Andrew, what are you, what are you thinking? I think I already kind of touched on it. I think maybe he was tapping into a little something that uh, nobody else was able to do. How? Why? I have no idea. It's so hard to fathom that there are people that are the exact same species as us that are able to do these things. And I'm lucky that I can get up out of bed and fucking put my pants on and function as a human being. Like it just blows my mind. And then the other crazy thing, too, is like you look at you look at some of the things he struggled with. Right. Like, did he have OCD did he have Very Asperger's? human element of right? life he struggled well, with. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, you think about it. Like, what happens if if uh, Tesla was born, you know, 100, 200 years before he was? 
he never would, he wouldn't have, unfortunately would probably wouldn't have amounted to anything, right? He wouldn't have been able to function in a society like that. But since he had certain luxuries and stuff like that, he was able to flourish and be a, you know, an amazing inventor and everything like that. And it's just nuts to me that just, you know, through random occurrence, this guy was able to create everything that he did, even with the hardships that he had to go through. Like, it's just, I, you know, and I, it's cool to theorize on all the crazy ways that he could have got this information and all that. But at the same time, too, it's like, how fucking cool is it that somebody like, you know, the one of, you know, the four of us, most likely like Dan, was able to fucking do those type of things and come up with that shit. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing. Or he was the first attempt from the future to try to fix um, the problems of Earth because we all know where we're heading right now. The Earth's warming. We've got mass capitalism, just consume consumption going running wild. Uh, maybe this was some sort of um, expedition from people in the future sending preemptive uh, preemptively sending information back to try to make a change. Because when you look at that moment in history, where you have Edison and Tesla, it does feel like there's a big fork in the road where society could have went at this moment in time, right? Uh, some sort of free energy, uh, right? And 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 Tesla was very aware that like how much we were consuming and and hurting the earth even back then. So it, I, I, part of me wonders is like, was this some sort of effort from us of like we were sending like these electrical impulses back through time to this person in order to try to change history? But it obviously failed because capitalism is just too strong. <laughs> Capitalism is too strong. Now, I mean, we, we kind of give final thoughts, but we're not we're not going to. Instead, this week, we're going to say, what do you guys think? What are, what are your thoughts on Nikola Tesla? You can f leave a message on any of our socials. Instagram is best. Facebook sucks, but Facebook group is great. So if you're in the Facebook group or Twitter, we do check Twitter. Uh, let us know. Let us know your thoughts, final thoughts and theory on Nikola Tesla. Was he an alien? Was he just a godsend human? Was he just a man before his time? Let us know. Uh, we're running a little long, but there's, I mean, there's a, you can go, you can do, there's a whole podcast dedicated to the life of Nikola Tesla. So if you want to learn more, I'm, there's no shortage of places to look. You know, he's, he's the father of our modern energy grid. So just mm -hmm. at that, the guy is worth looking into. So it's pretty awesome. What's going on over there, Andrew? Andrew? What do you got the fucking Andrew? phone up there? What are you doing? Huh? What? You're just like reading your phone on the stream. Yeah, man, I just I'm glued to this. This is nuts. I got a I got a text message here uh, from a friend of a friend of mine. No, you don't say. I do say. Mongoose file, baby. Woo! Obviously, at the beginning of these things, like we know, it's happened to a friend of a friend of mine, but it's easier yeah, he, to say he, in the first person. Everyone, everyone watching the live stream just saw him reading just the, the message. Text big you. one. Like, yeah. like fucking six pages here. Boys, long one, long one. So stick with me here. All right. So this certain event happened nice early morning, let's say around 7.30, 8 a.m. in a nice, beautiful interior city, summertime. Somewhat like an interior town, like, I don't know, like something like a Kamloops or maybe even a Kelowna would be a good, yeah. you know, picture that in your head. Nice, yeah. small Canadian city. Which yeah. is easy because it's our hometown. 
Would suit. Yeah. Me. No problem. Convenient, right? Yeah. Convenient. So this call comes in 738 in the morning. Finish the first coffee. Feeling okay. Feeling a little groggy, though. Uh, dispatch code three to uh, this apartment building for uh, erratic and bizarre behavior. Notes say uh, screaming, yelling, banging, not answering door. Odd. So mm. in these type of calls, they'll send you code three, which is light and sirens preemptively because it's bizarre. We don't know what's going on. Might as well get there quick. But since they don't know exactly what's happening behind the scenes, they will send the code fives with you. Now the code fives, police. Right. So in this instance, let's picture maybe the RCMP would be a good, you know, good mental image for you. So we proceed to roll to the scene. Code three. You see neighbors standing outside of the door and you can hear the screaming, the banging, the crashing. And you're like, well, fucking something's going on in there. Okay, weird. So the RCMP tell everybody, beat it, back up, go in your houses, close your doors, you know, nothing to see here. You know, we look at the RCMP, I'm like, what's going on? Like, what are you, you going to knock on the door? What are you going to do? The cops are like, yeah, start banging on the door. There's two of them. No answer. Cops start banging louder, louder, louder. You know, and you're like, oh, this is fucking weird. Just, you got to kind of get the heebie-jeebies, right? Ugh. Door opens. And then within like seconds, you see both members, hand on their hip, darting back and kind of just both mm. spread away. And you're like, holy shit, right? Like instant panic. And then the most bizarre thing happens. This stream of fire shoots through the fucking doorway. <laughs> And both cops fucking disperse on either end of this hallway, sprinting away. And I'm like, you know, me and my partner are looking at you. We got our jump kit. We got our O2. We got all our equipment because we don't know what the fuck's going on. And just kind of like, like Craig, you know, on, and on Friday, everybody's just like lunging back like, oh, shit. Right. And both cops disperse. And this guy steps out into the hallway with a can of fucking WD-40 and a lighter oh, and just starts spraying fuck. fucking fire back and forth. One of the cops pulls out his taser, plugs the guy, two prongs, boom, right in the middle of his chest. And all I can say is just in the best Tony Montana impression, say hello to my little friend and starts spraying them again with fire. Doesn't even phase him. Didn't even completely unfucking phased. Backs up, pulls the prongs out, slams his fucking door. So everybody's kind of like, what the fuck's going on? We all kind of reconvene in the hallway. Cops are like, you guys get the fuck out of here go outside we're standing up here so we kind of congregate outside by the time we get outside all of a sudden you start hearing fucking fire alarms just going off <laughs> fire alarms scream and scream and screaming and from this guy's on the third floor and all you can hear is windows open third floor fucking Ramstein do host starts pounding from this guy's fucking <laughs> apartment do, okay. do, do, host. do host do host do host to frat. So, anyways, so we're all standing outside being like, what the fuck is going on? The fire department rolls, they throw up a ladder, climb up the ladder to get a better view what's going on, and bring the fucking one and a half inch with them. Just don't know if they're gonna try and put this fire out. The fire department go up, start sliding down the ladder right away. They're like, the guy lunged at us with the fucking knife. So, you know, really not sure what to do police decide to dispatch the ERT team because they're like, we're not breaching the door. This guy's got a fucking rap sheet a mile long. He's got registered weapons. Like, we're not getting in there. We're sending an ERT. Fire department now 
uh, the ERT, the emergency response team. Oh, okay. So, um, the fire department climb back up the ladders with their hose and start spraying at the guy, trying to fucking knock him on his ass so the police <laughs> can breach if they knock him down. <laughs> and the the fire department come back down. They're like, we can't get even get a shot at this guy. He's like stabbing at us through the window. They're like, he's walking around in his ginch with the fucking WD-40 and the lighter lighting his apartment on fire. Jesus. So they've evacuated this entire apartment. Everybody's getting the fuck out. And by this time, there's smoke billowing everywhere. You know, 10, 15 minutes later, you know, it, it, we're, 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 we're on working the ERT team. They all show up individually. They all travel individually. Uh, they're not like they don't travel as a unit. They're dispatched from different areas. Right. So they're slowly kind of showing up and getting suited up and getting ready to go. And we get there and they're like, yeah, we don't have our medic. Like we're, you know, we're trying to figure out. So they go up to our, you know, incident scene commander and like, what's going, you know, we don't have a medic. Do you guys have anybody that are trained with TCCC? Like you guys have any people that are t trained TAC medics? Luckily, our friend of a friend has that training. Our friend of a friend did this fucking job in the beginning to hopefully work with as a, as a fucking tactical medic on an ERT team. Right. This is our friend of a friend's fucking moment. <laughs> this is it. Like, Final Countdown is playing in his fucking it's head. He's ready to go. Final Countdown. countdown. So he's fucking pumped, right? So you set the stage, get suited up, the game brings all of his equipment. No other medics are going in with him. He's going by himself. He's trailing in. He's not allowed breaching the room with them, but he's following in behind. They're going to call him in when it's safe. We walk into the foyer now of this building that we are once in, not even half an hour later, and the fucking alarms are going crazy. The place reeks of fucking CS spray. There is smoke billowing <laughs> down the fucking hallways. We can't take the elevator. The elevator's dead. So you go to open the fucking door to get to the stairs and there's water rushing it down it just like that fucking ride at Universal Studios. Like water's just pounding down the fucking stairs. So you're like running up behind these tack guys. Get in. All of the guys are lined up on the fucking hallway getting ready. They're like, hey, yeah, you stand back yelling, like getting ready, doing fucking head signals. We're talking Rainbow Six shit. Like <laughs> everybody's getting pumped. Guy looks at me like, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? I'm filling my fucking pants right I'm now with shit, ready. but whatever, I'm ready. This is my moment. As he's looking at me saying, are you ready to go? Two RCMP members that have been watch watching the fucking door come running out with a dude in handcuffs covered from head to toe in blood. So this asshole decided before my moment to fucking jump out of the fucking room with a knife. Cops go to fucking tase him. And before they can tase him, he takes the fucking knife, puts it up to his throat and gets half his fucking jugular right before he got to his carotid to fucking commit suicide in front of them. They tase him again. He drops, handcuff him. So he's coming towards us covered in blood. And I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, did they shoot him? What the fuck, right? And they, he's handcuffed. They're carrying him. And as they're carrying him, his head flops back. And you can just see just this large fucking hole in his neck with all his art. Like, So you can definitely see the blood spurting out of his jugular. And then... You look and you can, he didn't go deep enough on the other side. So all his arteries and veins are all exposed. It's all superficial. So the skin's just slopped off. So immediately grab pressure on the fucking jugular. Got an ABD pad in my hand, large, big pant absorber pad, put it on there. And I'm like holding it on his throat. And the guy's fucking looking at me gurgling. Let me fucking die. Let me fucking die. And kicking and punch it. Like, dude, it was fucking crazy. 
get the guy, carry this guy out, like four and a half. One of the cops got his legs. I'm holding his neck. The other cops got his arms, the handcuffs, and like run him out all the way down the fucking slippery ass stairs onto our bed, slam him. I'm still holding pressure. ALS shows up. They fucking snow this guy. They give him the most sedative I've ever seen them give <laughs> anyone. And he's not a large man. And I'm riding, like straddling him on the fucking cot into the back of the ambulance, holding pressure. And he's fighting the entire time. He didn't go down once. Jesus. We fought this guy. Like I'm talking handcuffed, putting him in like arm bars and like locking him down, trying to get IV lines on him. Like it was fucking madness. And wow. he's still alive. Wow, that is a it's good. Fucking I, crazy. I would have read that too during the case file. Yeah, I would have tuned the out there for five minutes nuts. reading that for sure. It's fucking nuts. Fun though. Oh. But yeah, sorry, boys. Oh. A little bit. No, that's there. fucking. <laughs> oh fuck. Oh man. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, well some. <laughs> sometimes you get a wild one, eh? Every once in a while, wild stories uh, makes the job worth doing. We also got uh, Theorite of the Week this week. Fuck yeah. Um, this one was awesome. Um, we got a message on Instagram about some custom-themed alien theorist theorizing uh, nail designs um, from Mama Bear Nails. That's M-U-M-M-A-B-E-A-R Nails on Instagram. Uh, if you need nails done in the UK and you want some ATT nails... Yo, you got to hit this girl up. They're yeah. awesome. They look amazing. Got a little logo on there. Um, spectacular. Well-deserved theoret of the week. No kidding. Cheers to that. That was pretty awesome. Spreading the ATT love on people's nails. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's great. All right. And uh, if you want to watch the live stream of the episodes get access to discord and all the other bonus stuff head over to patreon.com slash alien theorist podcast or find the link in the show notes easy this week's newest supporters jose guzman fully your pledge by boom boom shroom damien Pieter vase keith buckley martin stolp bodie miller Slick Willie. Awesome. Josh Mixon. Cole. Fullier Pledge by Catherine Ward. Clay Haverfield. Adam Watkins. Victorious Vices. And a full year Ron Pond approved pledge by Tristan Palmero Reeves. And last but not hey, least. Nancy O'Brien went up oh. a tier. I missed her last week, so we gotta get her, gotta get her in there. Did you, yeah. did you say Keith Buckley? Keith Buckley? Did I say Keith Buckley? Yeah. When did I say that? Did you yeah. say Keith Buckley? Keith Buckley, yeah. Holy fuck, boys. If that's the lead singer from Every Time I Die, I'd have a heart attack. If that's, the re if, if that's Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die, let us know. <laughs> I'm fucking hard <laughs> Even if it isn't, just let us know it is so Andrew can have a heart attack. Well, I'd right? have a heart on for at least a month, at least. Yeah. Talk about heart attack. Yeah. So, Keith, you listening, just tell us it is. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in the after hours.
That was fun. We, I mean, we kept it at a I mean, good length on. for how much info about Tesla there is on the internet. It's amazing. It's too much. There's too, too much. much there's, there's too much out there. People are like, do Nikola Tesla? And I'm like, that's like a six part episode. Like, Honestly, like a six. Dude, I went looking. Like said, there's an entire podcast. I went about looking the guy for and episodes. His like it's. What you, <laughs> I went looking for podcast episodes about Nikola Tesla, and I was like, oh, there's full series of fifty episodes about this guy. I was like, okay, we're never gonna get through all of it. It was impossible. <laughs> it's like, do you like again? Uh, yeah, when we we started this, I was just like, I don't. I think everybody just wants us to write just like Tesla fan fiction. <laughs> Dan, I, there's plenty of that. <laughs> hey, Dan, I want more of that, Dan. That came up. No, with that, that all that stuff theory. was that, that was all plots from sci-fi now, like sci-fi <laughs> novels. Like, want, they're like yeah. two HP Lovecraft stories <laughs> and like uh, atomic <laughs> robo. I like, want I want plagiarist Dan every week. <laughs> <laughs> every time we do, every time I swear to God, every time we do some like tech conspiracy thing, and it's like about these people, I'm like that's an HP Lovecraft story. <laughs> it's all HP Lovecraft stories. Um, okay, let's. Let's talk about our, our COVID experience here. So um we we had an outdoor wedding. Um there wasn't 20 25 people, right? Um I was supposed to be the MC of this wedding. So um I couldn't <laughs> say no. So I was like, okay, well, I, I guess I'm coming. The wedding was planned last minute. Actually, our listeners will know Cody, who's Cody, been on uh, what's been on the, the meaning of this. He's been on the show, he got married. Um, it, 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 we get there Saturday. I haven't heard anything from Cody because Cody doesn't like to make plans. He's really. a man of very few words. Yeah, or he just—he's a real go with the flow kind of guy. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm seeing. I don't know anything. We're sitting at Zell's having beers. He's texting me saying like, "Hey, man, like, yeah, come. You got to come to the house early." And I'm like, okay, well, hopefully you'll fill me in on what we're seeing there. We're drinking beers, and Steph comes out and goes like, "Oh, the." pictures from like Cody's wedding are amazing. <laughs> and we're like, what? What do you mean? So we're looking. Cody has all these pictures posted from the night before at his wedding. Yep. So I'm kind of like, was there, was there like what? any, I got to ask, like, was there any consideration about like COVID? Like, was there any like, it's outdoors. I, like was that on your mind at the time? Like, no, no, like, oh, I definitely no. had like, a false sense of so many people. There was very Listen, few people. Dan, Dan, at the time of going to this wedding, there was maybe 30 active cases in British Columbia. Okay. Yeah. That's I just, yeah. right. It's we're we're open for business gatherings, unlimited number of people. It can be outdoor gatherings and they still limited this wedding to 25 people. So there was okay. COVID thought. Right. And it's yeah. outdoor. Um, so we're confused because I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought I was emceeing the wedding. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm <laughs> kind of confused. So I like, we go there and I go there early and I show up and I'm like, hey, Cody's like, hey, man, like, here's some drinks. Like, let's start drinking. I'm like, did you guys get married yesterday? He goes, yeah. I'm like, oh, was I supposed to be there? He goes, no. And I went, oh. <laughs> No, <laughs> I was like, well, I thought I was MC, and he goes, "Oh yeah, you're gonna when we get up to the reception tonight, you're just gonna announce us coming in." This isn't even MC. <laughs> no, it's not. So I'm like, so I'm like, he does not understand the concept of what it is. No, does. yeah. So I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm I feel a little better because I'm off the hook because I'm like, man, I didn't know any information. So I'm like, okay, well, I you know that's easy. I can do that. So then I'm like, 
all right, like you needed me here three hours before the party to be there. What's going on, buddy? And he's like, yeah, we got to load some bins in. I'm like, oh, okay, shit. We're going to be fucking loading everything up, right? That's why I need my help. All good. I need somebody to move stuff. (laughs) It's all good. So I'm like, all right, well, let's do this. And we go down the stairs. Everything's already loaded. There's just one cooler that needed to be put in the car. So I put it in the car and then we just drank. And we're like, oh, okay. Four hours. Four hours. Um, Then I'm like, I haven't eaten dinner. So I'm like, I'm sitting around, I'm like, hey, Cody, like, and meanwhile, Zell and the rest of the people that are coming that are drinking at Zell's have given me specific instructions. Let us know what the fuck's going on because no one knows what's Nobody happening. Nobody knows. With this. No one know knows anything. what's happening. So I'm there starving and I'm just looking around. I'm like, so I just like, hey, Cody, like, are we just going to eat when we get up there? And he goes, no. <laughs> I go, what? What, dude? And he goes, no. We don't, there's no food. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's four o'clock. I'm like, it's like four o'clock. So I'm like, I like text Zell and Miss Conspiracy. I'm like, boys, do yourselves a favor right now. Go get food. There's not going to be food up there. Holy fuck. Like, go get some food. Bring me some food. I'm dying. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you want some sushi? We'll bring you some sushi. Yeah. And uh, so then I'm sitting there, right? We're having some beers and Cody, I'm Cody. I'm like, Cody's like, yeah, there's a cash bar up there. I'm like, I'm like, Cody, this wedding, which is just the reception, starts in an hour, and you haven't told anyone there's a cash bar there. So I was like, I brought my own drinks. I know Zell and stuff had, had started buying. I'm like, they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to, we got a cash bar up there. I'm like, is there a debit? He goes, no, it's just cash. I'm like, dude, no one's going to have cash on them up there. Like, no one. And then Cody goes, Cody just goes, ah, whatever, then whatever. We'll just do it for tips, whatever they want to pay. I'm like, Dude, no one's gonna have any ca- like cash or anything to tip. You got to put your your email up there so people can e transfer you something. He's like, "Oh shit, that's a good idea." <laughs> they like fucking <laughs> write to email up there. I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is classic Cody. So we go up there. Uh, reception's fun. They come in. They, you know, they play the wedding games. They they all got dressed up again. Even though the only thing was was half the fucking bride and groom party were fucking smashed from the night before so they're so low energy and like still hung over or so I thought mm. right so yeah that's what right well that's oh, what that everyone sucks. that's what we all thought that's what I thought everyone everyone in that house was dying of hangovers right they're like holy fuck last night was wrecked me oh I'm fucking wrecked oh and I'm like I'm like, holy fuck. Well, all right. Yeah, you guys party last night. So we all go How up there. How many people were at?